Is it piece of chain? Or Tao Te Ching? It's the Arrow Wong podcast series. The number one Apple business and number four entrepreneurship podcast. Speaking from Hong Kong. Marriage is a huge part in our life. That's why it's a very important pillar in our show. How we engineering intimacy and the feeling of love with our significant others is abstract. How we process our brain to make so is also abstract. I'm thrilled to have Liam Layden on our show for this topic. Liam is a speaker, teacher, writer, researcher, and also an experienced marriage and relationship coach, host of the Growing Enough for Life podcast, the author of more than 20 books, and creator of four relationship coaching programs. Liam Layden is also the host of the podcast, Using Your Brain for Success, and creator of Dual State Rebalancing, NSR, a process which automatically gets the four parts of our brain to working the right way to bring us the life that we want. He helps us understand the process for creating true success in life by understanding how to use our brain the right way to overcoming our problems, achieving our goals, and ending frustrations. Without further ado, let's get right into the episode of Love with Liam Layden. Hey, Liam, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you very much for having me on your show. Yeah. So you are a marriage and relationship coach, speaker, and author. You also teach neural stage rebalancing, NSR, and LiamLayden.com. You also have a site, GrowingEnoughForLife.com, which, uh, which is very meaningful. I just told you offline. Am I doing the highlight for your body of work correctly? Please tell us your background. Sure. Well, really, um the purpose of my work is really to help people to be the best they can be and marriage and relationships is certainly one area of area of my focus and particularly helping people who have very severe you know big problems in their marriage perhaps they're looking at maybe getting a divorce or or the end of their relationship and they don't want that to happen so that's a big part of what I do but the bigger picture and really what that encompasses is helping people to understand who they are how they get the results they do in their life and um, and really, just as I say, to to be what I think we're all designed and supposed to be, which is happy mm-hmm. and mm. not with problems, and being the best version of ourselves that we can be. Yeah, I've seen uh, some of your clients have written some beautiful testimonial to say thank you about your work, how you help them. Uh, it's really cool. So, can you tell us the background of Safe and Strengthen Your Marriage Program? What exactly is that well that's the program i created a few years ago essentially to help people who are having major problems in their relationship Mm -hmm. and how i really put that program together and it's still very you know thank you for mentioning the testimonials it's it's certainly heartening Mm -hmm. for me that the number of emails and and things i get from people saying what a difference it's made but um really the way i've put that program together it came about from several different things but one of the main things is i wanted to 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 analyze the difference between people who had a great marriage a great relationship and the vast majority of people who have a sort of maybe an okay one or they know it could be a lot better than it could or of Mm. course looking at divorce rates um, Mm. a lot of marriages just aren't very happy at all there's there's lots and lots of problems so what i thought was why not look at what what people who are in really happy relationships, what are they doing? And is it different to what the people, to the vast majority, is it different to what they're doing? And of course, it's possible to find people who do have a great marriage. Mm. 
mm. and they might have been together 20 or 30 years and they still act like they they just met each other you know they're still crazy about each other and they've got great communication and they like nothing more than spending time with each other mm. so i really what i found was there's a big difference between what those people do and also how they think and how most people approach relationships so in my coaching mm -hmm. program um really as well as a lot of a lot of techniques and ideas it's coming from the place of if these are the things that people in, in great relationships this is what they do mm -hmm. start doing them in yours identify where what you're what you're not doing and it's mm -hmm. and once you start seeing this you can see yeah that's right that would make my relationship better but i'm not doing it so once mm -hmm. people start doing the right things of course they they get a, a different result, a much better result. So that's how that came about. That's the reason why I keep emphasizing the work that you are doing is very meaningful because basically the, a marriage is a lifelong relationship with if your significant other, uh, which is causal because uh, other than family, other than your work, basically your partner is the one that you live with the rest of your life. And you just mentioned, uh, basically, uh, you study everything about relationship, about marriage, and then you talk about, you analyze the people that they have happy marriage. Is that what you uh, encapsulate in your ebook, Real Intimacy and the Five Pillars of Great Marriage? Can you talk about that a little bit? So what, what the great things the people are doing, mixing their marriage great? Well, it's really, really simple to... Um you know anyone listening and saying well what can i do to make my marriage better than it is apart from doing one of my programs of course <laughs> but uh i'm sorry are we still online with the level connection knows a little bit can you repeat the uh i'm asking your ebook about real intimacy and the five pillars of great marriage because you just mentioned something about what makes a marriage great sure Okay, well, it's it's a really simple question to answer, and as is in my books, and all of my books, and you mentioned one of them, and also in my programs, really I help people identify the the, the question and the answer. But but here's the simple thing: if, if people are having, if someone listening is having a problem in their relationship, ask yourself this question: What was I doing at the start of my relationship when things were going really well that I'm not doing now? And when you really think about that question, because everybody starts off a relationship and it goes well. So it's not just a question of saying, well, other people have a good relationship and I don't. Everyone has a good relationship at some time, and it's usually at the beginning. But people with a great relationship manage to keep that, what was good at the beginning, they, they keep that going. And the people who don't, they stop doing the things they were doing that made it work. And people say, but it was fresh and new then. Well, you have to find. Um, uh, I've just changed my connection. I think that my my uh, internet connection here might be the problem, so I've just changed it. So I think this one will be better. I'm sorry about all that. Uh, no worries. Uh, we can keep going. Where we were, uh, we were at the save and strengthen your marriage program. Uh, you are talking about uh, what makes people, what makes a marriage great. And uh, uh, the people uh, at the beginning, they have experiencing some great relationship. They always keep doing that for the longest time. What else do they do? Uh, they have a great marriage, maybe for 
field that case. Well, some of the things which are the things they did at the beginning of their relationship, one of the fundamental ones is they put their marriage first. They make their mm. marriage their highest priority in their life because here's the funny thing, and I'm sure everyone would agree with this. When you've got a happy marriage, everything else in your life is good, pretty much. You can deal with life a lot better when you've got a happy marriage. But if you don't have a happy marriage, it doesn't matter what else is, is good in your life, you're never going to be truly fulfilled because it, it, this is a, it's really a, a core component of mm -hmm. your happiness is your relationship. It's, you know, it's far more important to your happiness than your career or your, your income or where you live, actually, in terms of your actual happiness. So the people who have been together 20 or 30 years who still have mm -hmm. a great relationship one of the things they do is they do continue to put their marriage first. They don't let the children get in the way or their their hobbies or their friends or whatever become more important. And they know, each other knows that their marriage is a sacred, if you like, place, a special place that, that mm. is their highest priority. So that's really important. So it's a priority issue. So they have to always put their marriage first. Uh, it's not say that maybe you have kids and then you just um, uh, distract you from uh, your significant other. You, you still have to pay huge attention to maybe for a man like me, for, to your spouse. And what else? Because uh, when we did what, uh, we were talking about happiness. It is an internal state. Uh, it is like, I'm feeling happy because I'm happy. So what what to achieve real intimacy, uh, except that we just put our focus and priority on the marriage itself? Well, I think the most fundamental thing to, to realize about intimacy, and it also it covers things like communication. How do you keep the intimacy mm alive in your marriage? How do you keep the communication alive in your marriage? Those two are very closely related. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are all sorts of um, people go to counseling and learn all sorts of different yes. methods about how to communicate better. How, how can we be more intimate? But again, if you think about when, not you, but one, your listeners, think about what was happening at the beginning of your relationship when the intimacy was great, when the communication was great. Now, you didn't learn any techniques on how to communicate and how to be intimate. But what you did is you were motivated to be your best so that the other person would want to be intimate with you and would want to communicate with you. You really did your best to put on, if you like, your best self to the other person. Mm. And what tends to happen in a, in a marriage, you know, it, think, uh, time goes on and, and other commitments come on, whether it be children or the mortgage or the career or whatever and we tend to push our marriage aside and we tend to stop being attractive for the other person we tend to stop putting on our best self for the other person and, and often we we do the opposite you know we, we start to use the other person as the instead of our marriage being the place where it's the most special place to be it's like oh the place you can relax and retreat to and, and just be mm. unpleasant or expect your husband or wife to put up with you being stressed and unhappy so this is a key thing. It, it's not about, you know, if your husband or your wife is not communicating with you or mm. doesn't want to be intimate with you, you've got to say, well, what is it about me 
that makes them not want to communicate with me or not want to be intimate with me. And I'm not just talking about phys being physically attractive. You know, obviously, as, as we get older, many people, they're not as physically attractive as they were when they were young, but that's just part of it. And you can still be physically attractive or put an effort into be physically attractive, but it's more than that. It's being, mm. um, being attractive in your personality, <clears throat> in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the way you, you act and your, your outlook on life. You know, are you a positive or a negative person? I sometimes say to people when they say, you know, our marriage is struggling, I say, when was the last time you smiled at your husband or your <laughs> wife? Uh -huh. And a little thing like that, you mm. know, and people, people have trouble remembering because <clears throat> they're overcome by their stress and they think, well, if I can just fix all the problems in my marriage, that will make me happy. Mm. It doesn't work like that. When you're happy, you'll fix the problems in your marriage. That's mm. what it comes down to. So you've got to be the person they want to be with. Mm. It's really like you, you tried to be and were determined to be when you first met them. You were trying to impress them and convince them, I'm the person you want to be with. You know, I want to be with you. And I can't think of anything more exciting and, and a higher priority in my life than being with you. So I'm going to do everything that, that it takes to do that. And the people in, who've been together 20 or 30 years, they don't often realize that they're doing it, but that is what they're doing. They're still being the fun person. They're still showing the person, their spouse or their partner, that they are attractive, that they find them attractive, and they want to continue all the positive things. Makes sense? I love this. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I love this bit a lot. The reason why I love it is um, just be the best version of yourself. Because I, I look around, maybe some people say I, I have, problem with my marriage and the people always point fingers to others the problem is always on the other people they don't look at themselves that's right did you smile did you smile today to uh your partner uh, did you do the small things maybe just uh make her happy make him happy because you are just T tell a joke them. yes crack a joke tell a funny story you know tell a joke make her laugh or him laugh that's what you used to do Life's not that bad that you can't find something to laugh at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. So work on yourself, be a funny, <laughs> so maybe you're, you're a man, be a funny guy. You can tell a joke. Make sure the joke is funny. If it is not funny, make it funny. Make yourself funny first. <laughs> so well, just, uh, just start enjoying being with the other person. Showing that, show that you enjoy being there. You know, you're not just there because... It's somebody to lean on to take away some of your stress and and uh, mm. problems. They're, they're there because it's, you know, you think they're a great person and you know they think you're a great person. Have fun. Just be, yeah, just be present with your partner and truly be there for him or her. And it's it's not that difficult. It's actually, it's what you used to do and it's it's enjoyable. You know, I say to people, how, how much do you talk, talk about things? Oh, we never really talk about much because there's nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about? You know, <laughs> there's a whole world of exciting experiences that you can share and ideas and new, new things that you can talk, talk about. And, and they also say, people say, well, I know my partner. I know my wife really well. I know everything about them. Do you really? You don't. And, you can, and the way to do that is keep exploring new ideas together. You know, people sometimes say life is boring. Life is not boring. You are boring. That's it. <laughs>
<laughs> are we laughing? Uh, you, <laughs> you really need to coach more people. I, I believe that the, this kind of conversation we are doing right now is kind of like the intrim version of your coaching work with your clients. But before that, way before that, uh, they have to realize that at some point I have a problem. Uh, maybe they are they just think my marriage has a problem and then I, I need to seek help. I do need to seek help from an external source like Liam. What kind uh, what kind of internal reasons holding them back to seek help from like, people like you or counseling, whatever? Well, oftentimes when people come to me, they've been to a lot of places before. They might have been to counsellors mm. mm-hmm. and they've done a lot of research. They've read books. They've, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they've, you know, watched YouTube videos, listened to podcasts, done all those things to try and find the answer. But, but essentially, I think the, the problem people have, and I'm not sure if this quite answers your question as to what motivates them, but people get into a, to a state of desperation. And, you know, often I'm a bit like the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, you know, it's almost too late sometimes. Because what, as I say, you need to deal with the symptom of your problem, not, or you need to do with the cause of your problem, not the symptoms. The symptoms of your problems in your marriage are the problems, but the mm. cause is what you're doing. And you've, you um, put it in a nutshell, it is all about you. And my coaching is very much about working on yourself and, and being able to look at yourself and say, am I, the person they, am I a person they would want to be with? Mm-hmm. You know, this, this often happens when somebody perhaps has an affair. And, you know, it's a, I know it's a very touchy subject if someone, if your husband or your wife has had an affair or is having an affair. But I think you need to, if you're in that situation, and I've written a book about this as well, but if you really want to address the, the if you really want to solve that problem, you need to say, okay, sure, it's not right, quote, unquote, Mm-hmm. that they're, they're seeing someone else or they're doing something with someone else, but they're doing it for a reason. And, and the, one of the reasons is they're not so keen on being with me. So, mm-hmm. if, so how can I really blame them if I'm not being an attractive person? So the blame is on both sides, or in fact, there's no blame at all. So the solution, if your husband or wife is not acting in the way you would like them to, is you've got to say, what's causing them, them not to act in the way I would like to? If, if they don't want to be with me, what am I doing that's making them not want to be with me? And mm. the good news is you can fix that. And that's not only the cause of the problem, the real cause, but you can actually do something about it. You can't do anything about their behavior. You can't do anything about the quote-unquote marriage. But you can do something about yourself. And when you do something about yourself, everything else sorts itself out. Mm. It's really the way it works. God, that's... These people, uh, two people, they come to you uh, as a couple or they come to you as an individual and they just told, hey, Liam, please help me. My wife, I haven't talked to her maybe for a month and then I just come to you, I see help. Or they come as a couple or an individual, what happens? Well, I, I have a bit of a policy. I don't, I don't talk to couples together. Ah. Very, 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 very occasionally. But as I say, this mm. is about working on yourself. And the problem mm. I've found with, mm. with a couple situation is normally um, you can't tell somebody what they need to hear when their yes. spouse is there. You know? And often it becomes 
one person feels that they're the one being attacked or they're the one being picked on or that I might be siding with them, mm. which is a difficult situation. But, but more importantly, I can't be honest with somebody mm. if their spouse is there because their spouse is going to be, yes, that's right, and they're going to be, and the person is going to be defensive, if you like. Mm. But if I can talk to them honestly and, and get them to see themselves, and more importantly, if they can be honest with me, because mm. obviously if, if, this, if this couple is having a problem, they're not really able to, to feeling safe or able to feel safe mm. to be honest with each other. But they can be honest with me and I can be honest with them. So, yes, I've, uh, so that's my policy and it's far more effective than uh, in my experience than trying to work with a couple together. Yeah, it's freedom. And feeling safe is very important. Uh, I don't think just in this line of work, but also in terms of relationship, because wherever you can openly talk about something, is it's because you can feel safe. The person uh, on the other end that you can trust. But when you think your marriage has a problem, you don't feel safe. So they, so you work with your clients individually most uh, most often. Uh, before uh, you actually work with uh, these people. Uh, what kind of work they have to prepare themselves, uh, say like mentally or even some paperwork or some physically? Yeah, how do they how do they prepare themselves to work with you? Well, excuse me, they don't really need to do any preparation at all, but just be mm. prepared to come with an open mind and be prepared to to feel relieved that finally they're going to make some sense out of their situation because. That's the great thing about me is that I can see into see what they can't see themselves. You know, when you're in a relationship and it's when you're in any situation where there are a lot of problems, you can't see the big picture, and you, and, and that's obviously why you get outside help. So when people come to me, normally they what I tell them and what I work with them on, it's not necessarily what they want to hear, but they they are relieved because they realise it's what they should hear. And that it actually can provide a solution to their problem. Mm. Whereas they might have tried for, and I'm not trying to tout myself as anything super special, but you know, usually people have tried a lot of different things, but but they haven't they haven't really hit on the on the core of what the problem is. In other words, the foundational aspect of what's making their marriage not work, rather than just trying to fix symptoms, because. You know, this is the problem with a lot of um, counselling is that it works on trying to fix the problem, but the problem is not the problem. You know, your your husband and you you shouting and and arguing with your husband and your wife or your wife is not not the problem. Your husband or wife having an affair is not the problem. Those are all symptoms of your problem, and if you try and work on those as, in an I, I, sort of isolated way, you're never going to get to the core of it. I use the example in one of my books. You come home from one day into your to your house and you see a crack on the wall, and you go, sure. "Oh, there's a crack on the wall. I better fix it." So you 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 look up on YouTube how to fix a crack in a wall, and it says we need some plaster and sandpaper and paint and things. So you go to the hardware store and you buy that, and you fix the crack on the wall, and you go, "Great, problem solved." And then you come home the next day, and there's, there are two cracks on the wall, and you go, "Oh," and you do the same thing, and pretty soon. Every day, there's more and more cracks. And at some point, you've got to say, well, what's causing the cracks? I'm just fixing the problem here, mm. but it's not, yeah. not really fixing the core. The, the problem is not the cracks. The problem is mm. the foundations of your house are falling apart. Mm -hmm. you know, and if you don't fix that, your whole house is going to collapse. 
So it's the same with a relationship or really anything, any issue in our life. You've got to not deal with the, the symptoms. You've got to deal with what's causing this to happen. Makes it's sense. Great and, yeah, it makes absolute sense. Uh, it's a great energy. And basically, you are working with your clients for their core problem, not the symptoms on the surface level. You have to help them unpeel the onion, the awareness onion, layer by layer yeah. until you get to the core. So can you mm. talk about your approach a little bit? Because after so often, people come to you because they have tried everything, but doesn't work, say like traditional counseling or whatever that is. But your solution was, can you talk about your approach in contrast with everything that doesn't work? Well, again, it's, it's pretty much just what I've said. We get to the core mm. issues of what is causing the problems in your marriage and get people to focus on that. And you know what the biggest core uh, cause of all problems is? There is only one. That's the beauty of it. There's only one thing you need to fix about yourself, and that will fix everything in your life, including your marriage. And that one thing, the magic word, fear. Fear is the underlying cause of all the problems in your life. And if we had 10 hours, I could explain in detail why. But the reason is, when you're afraid, you do all the wrong things. So if you're worried about your marriage, if you're, if, and if you, know, if you really think about this, if you're, what, I'll give you a really simple example. Somebody comes to me and they say, my husband wants a divorce, okay? And I'm really, really stressed about that, and I'm so afraid. Well, what are you doing as a result of being afraid? You are pleading with them, please don't end our marriage. You're begging them to stay. You're trying to change their mind. You're trying to say, no, don't, you know, you don't want a divorce. You know, you want to stay with me. I, you know, I can convince you that you, you are making the wrong decision. And you're being needy. You're trying to be overly nice to somebody. You're walking around on eggshells, hoping that everything they do might be a sign that they won't leave and you're trying hard, and you're full of all the stress, and, but you can th when you really think about it, all of those things, pleading, begging, asking them to stay, wanting to go to counseling, wanting to work on your relationship, um, trying to change their mind, all of those things are the wrong thing to do because all of those do is just make them feel worse. Mm. And so, but you do those because you're afraid of what you think the consequences are. But again, if you think back to the beginning of your relationship, were you afraid it was going to end? You wanted it to, to carry on, like the, you know, the really initial stages, but you weren't afraid, and you were probably thinking, well, I, I love being with this person, but, well, you know, we only just met each other, and it, if it ends, well, it ends. I'll be really upset probably, but, you know, I can't force them to stay. So you weren't carrying around this burden of, you know, working on problems, focusing on problems, trying to fix things, trying to get them to feel good about you or trying to change their mind. You were just looking at them and with total respect, total love, and saying, you're a great person, and whatever you want to do, you should be free to do because, you know, and when it comes to the end of a marriage, you should say, mm. I really I don't want it to end, and I don't think it needs to, but if mm. that's what you want, well, I totally respect your decision. Now, they're going to feel a lot better about you when you act like that and when you when you say that, but when you act like that, then if you're going around trying to change their mind, because if you're trying to change their mind, that shows you don't respect them. Who wants to be around somebody we don't respect, who doesn't respect us? Mm. We don't. So you're at, most people actually push their husband or wife 
further away by what they do because they're afraid. They're afraid mm. of the end of the marriage. And why are they afraid? Because they're afraid that it means they're a failure or that they won't meet anybody else. They'll be lonely. They, their children will be all harmed and hurt by the experience. They'll look back with regret that they didn't try hard enough. All of these fears keep people doing the wrong things and mm. stop them from doing the right things. So the thing I really work on most of all, and this just isn't in my marriage coaching, but also my other other coaching that I do with, you mentioned neurostate rebalancing. Neurostate rebalancing, yes. what that's about is mm. helping you get rid of your fears because then you can operate in a far more effective way. Mm. But we can see that from a marriage perspective. How And when most people realize that they say, yes, I am doing all the wrong things. No wonder they want to leave. You know? <laughs> I'm not a nice person to be around. I'm not fun to be around. I'm, I'm depressed and stressed and worried and putting all this pressure on them. That's not attractive. A piece of shit. That's the truth. <laughs> you, you it's just true, isn't it? That is so true. Uh, <laughs> nobody's want to stay with a piece of shit. So change yourself, become yeah. a the better person and even best person of yourself, the problem will be resolved automatically. But there's something easier said than done because people, uh, that's the survival mode of the human species. We have the basal ganglia, whatever we call it, and then we just go into the fight and fright mode, and then we just we just fear of everything. Uh, and then you just mentioned neural states rebalancing. Uh, basically, you pull them away from the fear mode, uh, the survival mode, into the optimi optimistic mode, whatever we want to call them. How do you, can you talk about this process a little bit? How do you actually approach the core problem after um, uh, peeling off all the layers of onion? Are we, uh, yeah. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned this because what actually happened with my work is I started off with marriage and relationship coaching, and I still do that. But from my own experience, not just from relationships, but from life in general, what I, and from observe, you know, I mentioned before, I mentioned people who um, analyze people who have great relationships versus those who don't. What I also have analyzed is why some people who do my coaching programs heal their marriage and other people don't because they get the same information. They're all motivated. Some of them pray and others don't. None of these things seem to have any effect on whether you're going to be successful or not. And so what I've developed is a, an understanding, and I've done a lot of research on this, and this is how I've developed neurostate rebalancing, is that it all comes down to how your brain works. And if you can identify that fear is getting you to do the wrong things, and that therefore you need to get rid of fear, this actually has a biological basis to our life. You mentioned the fight, flight, freeze, survival mechanism. Yeah. And I actually have a model that's based on science as well as psychology mm -hmm. and, and other, other disciplines of how the brain works. But here's, it in, here's the secret in a nutshell, is that when you feel fear, the other part that you mentioned where you're feeling good, that's mm. our natural creative state. That's the state where being the best that we can be that's the way we're designed to live because we're our strongest, healthiest, most resourceful, most creative. We're supposed to be biologically, we're biologically designed to be happy. And our brain is the mechanism, the machine that is designed to make sure that we're happy and we live the best life possible.
Now, the only thing that interferes that is when we feel fear, because the part of our brain that is responsible for bringing us everything we need in our life to be happy, it's a, it's a part of the brain which I call the creative brain. And it's mm. specifically located in the pineal gland, the basal forebrain, and a couple of other places. Science is, is starting to do a lot of research on, on this particular part of the brain. It's not your thinking brain. It's not your emotional brain. And it's not your survival brain. This is the, the part that really drives your life. Mm. But here's the thing. When you feel fear, you block that part of your brain out. And when, because when you feel fear or worry or stress or anxiety, what happens in your brain mm. is it I, what it's actually thinking is that you're facing an immediate threat to your survival, that something mm. is going to eat you, something is going to kill you, harm you right there and then. That's what your brain is telling you. So in that instance, all of your creativity, your awareness, your ability to see what you should do, your motivation, they're not, import they're not only not important, you can't have those operating because they would slow you, your slow you down when you're facing an immediate threat. You'd be eaten by the lion if it was running at you if you started to think about it or if you started to not see it as a, as a threat or a danger. So in a very real and physical sense, when you feel stress, anxiety, worry, what you've got to realize is your brain is blocking you from finding the answer to your problem mm. because all of the problem-solving solutions are held in your creative brain. And it's also stopping you from doing any of the right things do, and doing anything at all. You know, this is why when we're depressed, we don't do very much because that's the fight, mm. flight, freeze part. We freeze yes. and it, our brain stops us from doing much. So the key to that is to realize if you've got a problem in your life, you're never going to be able to solve it if you feel mm. fear, worry or anxiety because your brain is blocking off all of your resources to be, actually solve that problem. And a classic example of that in relationships is, and I'm sure many of your listeners can relate to this, you have a friend who comes to you or a family member and says, oh, I've got all these terrible problems in my marriage and you know, we're not getting on and we argue and I don't know, and my wife's having an affair or my husband or whatever. Now you can see what they should do and you say to them, well, you should just leave them. What, what are you doing hanging around? They've been, they're treating you really badly or if you're not happy, just go and find someone else. Or you might say, what I've been saying, well, you know, but why would they want to be around you? You're a, you know, a miserable person or whatever. But you can, whatever it is, you can see the answer very clearly as to what they should do. And you, you, you can't understand why they don't just do it. But mm. they can't see that and they can't do it because their brain is not allowing them to do it. So they say, oh, no, I'm going to work on this marriage and, you know, things aren't that bad and I'm going to fight for this marriage and we, I'm going to try and get them to go to counseling and I'm going to do all these things. You know that's not the answer, but they can't see it. And the reason is their brain is not allowing them to see it. It's as fundamental as that. So what you have to do is find a way, and this mm. is how I've, why I've developed my whole coaching program around this mm. and, and, and a process called neurostate rebalancing. You've got to get your brain to see, to stop putting you in a fear state unless you're faced with an immediate danger. Because what mm. your brain is actually doing, you've tricked it for various reasons into thinking that an imaginary fear is the same as a real, uh, sorry, an imaginary danger is the same as a real danger. Mm. So if your husband or wife comes and says, I want a divorce, your brain thinks that's a threat to your survival. Now, of course mm. it isn't. You know, it's, they're not going to eat you right, right <laughs> there and they're not going to pull out a gun and shoot you. 
Mm. So, but your brain, and it's it's not your fault. Mm. It's just the way you've you've been you haven't been taught how to use your brain the right way. So you go into this fear state, and you you can never solve that problem. You can never know what to do. You can never do and even do do the right thing. You know, I I tell people the right thing to do, mm. and this is what confused me. Why aren't they doing it? And this is what led me into the whole area of brain research and to mm. what really drives human behavior. So that, that's why I say at the beginning, fear is at the, at the heart of every problem because it stops your brain from literally showing you, allowing you, and making you do the right mm. things to solve that problem. Oh, beautiful. Um, I'm not sure my last question is too big a question to ask because what you are trying to teach the listeners and what your program is about is uh, neural stage rebalancing. Basically, it is a total is a level above the cow. They are here in the ground. They are fear all the time. They are afraid of lion. They are in the survival mode. They are the ancient, our ancestor mind. But you are putting them above the cow. How do people stay in this mental state forever so I can be a funny guy, I can be an interesting person, I'm not boring, I can cheerful, I can be cheerful, cheer other people's up. How can I stay happy for it? <laughs> well, there's only three things you need to do. And, you know, people say, people might think these are big things, but it's mm. a bit like the crack in the walls. You can spend your life papering over cracks and short, and you, you feel better when, hey, I fixed that crack in the wall and I fixed that crack in the wall. And you might get a little bit of good feeling from fixing it, but the cracks keep reappearing and you have to keep putting all the struggle and effort to keep the walls up. And eventually it's all going to come crashing down. So really people have a choice in life. You can either go for the quick fix and keep struggling along and just spending all your time just busy, busy doing all the fixing and do that for the rest of your life. Or you can do some fundamental things that might take a little bit more effort, a little bit more work to start with to really to, to rebuild the foundations, you know, get under the, under the, into the basement and start knocking out the bad stuff and putting the good stuff in. And you, then you only have to do that once. And then you can enjoy your life, enjoy the house for what it's there for, which is to give you a nice place to be. So the way to do this to, to really reset your life, if you like, there's really three things you need to do, three mm. levels. <clears throat> and this is what I teach. I have a whole coaching program. The first thing you need to do is you need to understand what your brain is and how it works and how it is supposed to be used. Because your brain is the most infinitely powerful machine that has ever been created in the universe. It, it is vastly more powerful than any computer. But it is a machine. And like any machine, you, know how to use, you need to know how to drive it. And if you don't drive it the right way, you're not going to get anywhere. It's going to be a struggle and, and you're going to get problems. It's a bit like a car, you know, you wouldn't, you know, a car is a machine and it's designed to get you from where you are to where you want to go easily, comfortably, predictably, but you wouldn't dream of getting into a car and, and not without knowing how to drive it. You wouldn't expect it to get you to where you want to go easily, comfortably and reliably if, if you didn't know how to drive it. So the first thing you need to do, but we do that with our brain. No one's, you know, with a car, you learn how to drive before you even, and you'd say, I wouldn't dream of expecting it to go anywhere if I didn't know how to drive it. No one's ever taught us about our brain, but you need to learn how to drive your brain, how it works. You don't need to know all the intricacies like you don't with a car. You don't need to know what every little wire and 
piece of metal does, but you need to know how what this lever does and what this button does. That's it. Mm. So the first thing I do is I teach people how their brain works, how mm. it's what it is and how it's designed to work. And then you think, well, there's no way I'd dream of using it any other way. I, that's crazy what I've been doing. No wonder I've had problems in my life. No wonder I've got, this is ridiculous. So <laughs> that's a really important thing. And you need to get to that point where you have some understanding, just like mm. you do with a car. You need to know that it would be crazy to get out and try and push your car to where you want to go. That's just not the way how it's designed to be used. And so that's, the second thing is you need to realize that whatever is that, when you realize that and you realize that fear is the switch mm. that is blocking your brain from giving you mm. all the answers and giving you the solutions, then you realize that fear is what you've got to get rid of in your life. And there are two things you need to do. The first thing you need to do is identify what mm. is coming into your life that is making you feel worried, anxious, and afraid. And you need mm. to start saying, I need to, start, I need to stop allowing mm. this stuff that's that's making me feel afraid, that's blocking me from creating my life. I need to stop this stuff coming in. You know, so someone came along to you and gave you a glass of hydrochloric acid, said, drink this, and I'll give you a million dollars to drink it. You're going, no way. Why not? Well, because it's going to damage me. And it doesn't matter how motivated I am or what, how much I pray or how much, how, it's going to just really harm me. Mm. Oh, I'll give you $10 million. No, I'm not going to do it. So it's the same with negativity. Negativity that creates anxiety, stress, and fear coming at you from, and I show people in my coaching program, there are a lot of things that they're not aware of in, in all sorts of areas that are creating this state of fear and anxiety in their life. You're going to say, there's no way I'm going to let this stuff in because it's, it's stopping my machine from operating the right way. And it's just not, I'm just always going to, have problems in my life. I'm never going to be happy if I can't use the part of my brain that designed to make me happy. And the third mm. part, once you've stopped the stuff coming in, you need to deal with what's already there because it's the problem that we all have from birth, if not before, we've bombarded, <laughs> been bombarded with all of these thoughts, ideas, information, mm. um, people, situations that make us feel that the world is a dangerous dangerous place and there's all sorts of problems and there's all sorts of negativity. So you've got a lot of stuff in there and that's why your brain is interpreting things and activating mm. this part of you that makes you feel worried because it sees a, a, a it can't see the difference between an imaginary threat and a real threat. So what neurostate rebalancing does is it rebalances mm. the parts of your brain and in particular mm. gets your brain, the part of your brain that does this, and we haven't got time to explain how it works, but the part yeah. of your brain that does this, what it does is it gets it to identify the difference between a real fear, because you still <laughs> want to feel fear when the lion yes. is coming at you, or you're, yes. the difference between that and all of these fears that you don't even know that you have, that your brain is telling you is a threat to your survival. And when you can release all of those, mm. neurostate rebalancing is a process to do that, then all of the time, you are going to be happy. You are going to be resourceful, mm. except when the lion runs out at you in the jungle and then you switch and you deal with it and then you go back to being what is your natural state of existence, mm. what your brain is designed to do. You're designed to live a great, happy life but and, and deal with a problem when it comes along, an immediate threat. But you, you can't solve problems in that fear state. So it's a little bit like in the film The Matrix, Mm -hmm. um, Morpheus said to Neo, 
I can show you the door, but you're the one who has to step through it. And you step yes. through it through understanding how your brain works, how it's designed, what's, what it's doing to you, and how to mm. use it the right way. And, then, and that really has made such a difference to people to help them, mm. particularly in their marriages or any problem, that then they can see the right thing to do and they can start doing the right things because they're not bound down by fear. And their mm. brain brings them the solutions. You know, it's quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. Such a beautiful wrap up because basically everything starts with your own mental state. We are not even talking about the marriage problem because you have to work on yourself. Problems. Yeah, the, the root cause of everything is start with your mental state, the brain inside your head. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it is a very great wrap up. Is there anything message Liam you would like to use this platform to let our listeners know? I think the, just the main thing is to realize the way you see your life mm. is not necessarily the way your life is, but you have a certain perspective, and it's all about your brain seeing things in a certain way. Mm. And I, I think that analogy of a car, if you can just realize your brain is a machine that's designed to do a specific job, it's designed to make you survive and thrive and be the best that you can be, Mm. So you survive and the best that you can. That means being your, happy, being your happiest. That's what your brain is designed to do. And if you're not getting that, it's because you're using this machine the wrong way. So, mm. so it really makes it, I think, if you want to be happy, if you want to live your ideal life, which is possible, and you mm. need to start using the machine the right way. Learn what it is, learn how it works, and learn how to use it the right way. And then everything else falls into place. Hmm. Got it. Basically, uh, understand your brain, understand yourself, and then you can understand your marriage because everything starts with you and then you can stop your divorce and save your marriage. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thank you, very, yeah. Thank you very much, Liam. It is a great episode about relationship, about mm, marriage. Yeah, thank you for your guidance on relationship. Oh, thanks so much for having me on your show. It's been great.